Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Disha Bose is the author of Dirty Laundry, a novel, She received a master's in creative writing at University College Dublin, where she was mentored by Booker Prize winner Anne Enright. She has been shortlisted for the DNA Short Story Prize, and her poetry and short stories have appeared in the Incubator Journal, the Galway Review, Cultured Vultures, and Head Stuff. Her travel pieces have appeared in the Economic Times of India and Cold Noon. She was born and raised in India and now lives in Ireland with her husband and daughter. And by the way, Dirty Laundry is the GMA book club pick. Welcome, Disha. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Dirty Laundry, FYI, the GMA Book Club pick. 
Congratulations. <laughs> oh my gosh. I started reading your book and I was like, thank God someone is talking about the realities of the torture it is of like loving your children so, so much. And yet at the same time, like wanting to do bad things <laughs> sometimes because you're at the end of your rope. Yeah. I felt like so seen. <laughs> Okay. Tell listeners about uh, dirty laundry and the, just the whole thing. Tell this, the, yeah, just go. <laughs> so the book is set in a small fictional village in Cork, Ireland, and it follows a group of young mothers like myself, I suppose. And the three key characters are Kira, Lauren, and Mishti. So Kira is a social media influencer She's the popular one. People follow her for advice on motherhood and skincare and fashion, things like that. And then there's Lauren, who's sort of the social outcast. And these women tend to roll their eyes at her behind her back because she's a bit of a, an alternative parent, uh, so as to put it. And she comes from the wrong side of the tracks. They've all kind of grown up together and she was bullied in school. And that's kind of carried on into adulthood as well for them. And then there's Mishti. She is an Indian immigrant. She's married to a university lecturer and she's in an arranged marriage. So her parents have chosen this man for her and their marriage is a bit cold. They're distant, but they're raising a child together. So these are the three main characters. And very early on in the book, one of them is found dead seemingly under mysterious circumstances. She's lying in a pool of blood at the bottom of the stairs. And then the rest of the book tries to examine the lives of these women and the people around them and try and uncover who could be responsible for the death. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so I, I watched you on GMA and you were saying that uh, while you have some things in common with Mishti, your marriage is not arranged. No. <laughs> she is not you. Talk mm-hmm. about like which parts of yourself you put in your characters and, and where this comes from on a personal level. I feel like I've put myself into all three of these characters. There's there's a bit of me in all of them. You know, just like Kira, I have days where I'm taking pictures of my child and putting them up on Instagram. And then because the day is going well, and then there's Lauren, you know, I breastfed my child. So and I carried her around in a sling because she just refused to be put down and she wouldn't sleep anywhere else. So Lauren does that. So I think I have those sides of me as well. And obviously, Mishti is the one who hits closest to home for me because we're both from India. Ireland is our home now, but it's new to us and it's a huge culture shock, you know, coming from a place like India and then now living in um, Ireland. And I also live in a small sort of village outside the city. It's all very new to me. And the weather just doesn't (laughs) suit us. And yeah, I mean, I, I see that's kind of where my similarities with Mishti ends because I'm married to an Irishman. Uh, it's not an arranged marriage. Happily married. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and I hope he's not cheating on me. So that, that, <laughs> I can't guarantee anything anymore. But um, let's let's dissect any signs. Should we, is there anything we should be worried about here? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Fingers crossed. But yeah, so that's kind of where my similarities with Mishi ends. But at the same time, I've grown up knowing loads of 
women who've had to give up their careers for a marriage that's been arranged for them. They've moved home, have had to learn a new language, you know, and make their place in a new family and with a man that they've not known until the day they've married. So it's familiar grounds for me. My parents are in an arranged marriage. So yeah, it's familiar to me, but not my experiences, thankfully. (laughs) Well, there's so much in here from aging and motherhood and social media and that sort of perfectionism of, um, you know, one of your characters, Sierra, is that how you pronounce it? Sierra, Sierra? Sierra. Kira, yeah. Oh, Kira. Okay, yeah. Kira spelled Ciara, but okay. Kira, yeah. who like went viral with her skincare videos, which I found hilarious, and how she's projecting this one image to the world, and yet life is a mess behind her. I try, mm-hmm. I have to say, in my social media, not to ever claim that my life is not a mess, but you know, <laughs> you know, you do what you can. Yeah, there is a fine thing there, yeah, between reality and you know what we project on the internet. And I feel like as users, it's kind of our responsibility as well to make that distinction, you know, because it's so easily accessible to us now, social media. It's just on our phones and we're just scrolling all the time. It's a trap. But you also have funny things about aging. I was hoping to read. Can I read this one passage? Is that okay? It's from chapter 30. Um, Okay. Kira was in the city on Sunday again after Jerry left for the office. If he had really gone to work on a Sunday, she hoped he at least got to blank his assistant. She dropped Finn and Bella off at Liz's place first. Kira decided she was going to bring up what Liz owed them in clear terms the next time she fussed about having to watch the kids. Not just her summer getaways, which they funded, but also the check for brand new tires that Kira had noticed in Jerry's office a few weeks ago. Her mortgage, which Jerry had paid off years before. Kira's usual table at the cafe was unoccupied. She slid into a chair, bringing her tailored coffee with her. She hadn't planned to meet Parthir today, but hoped he would turn up anyway. She'd seen him drive off in the morning, and if he wanted some quiet time away from the family on the weekend, this would be the natural choice. Kira kept her head down, but her eyes darted to the floor every time someone came in. It reminded her of how she'd once boasted to a friend in college that she never waited for men, that she always made them wait. It used to work when she was younger, when the scales were tipped on her side. Now, the years were passing her by, and the scales were falling the other way. Someday soon, she was going to be too old, even for a man like Sean. One more decade, and she'd be competing with girls who wore her favorite jeans, ironically. (laughs) No matter how hard she tried to keep up and fill her closets, she was going to eventually lose the race. She saw it happen to her mother. It had never happened to any man she knew. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh, the inevitability of ironically worn jeans. So it's funny. funny and sad. It's one of those things where it's, yeah, <laughs> it's sad that it's true. <laughs> I mean, there is such a difference in, uh, you know, I mean, literally my dad wears the same jeans he's been wearing since he was like 18. They are like filled with holes at this point, And it's like not even socially appropriate. <laughs> like you, you can really get a new pair of jeans. They're like patched from the inside. They're so faded. They're almost white. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with these? <laughs> but you know, there's that there's a difference then, you know, when a mother, when a woman becomes a mother and a man becomes a father, we're all parents, but all of a sudden men assume this new desirability because they're dad now. And especially if they're involved fathers, yes. I feel like they're, yes. <laughs> they're boasting abilities and just they're looked at in a completely different light and it's completely different for a woman. Because as soon as you're a mother now, your, I don't know about desirability, but your status then lowers into someone who's 
serving other people instead mm -hmm. of you holding your own. You're someone's mother now, you know, and not just an individual. I remember years ago when I was still struggling to write a novel and then I had my daughter who's four now and a friend who is not a friend anymore. I remember him <laughs> saying, <laughs> I remember him saying, ah, oh, there goes your chance of ever finishing a book just oh. because I had a child, you know, so... I feel like I've heard that for years and it is it is the reality. That's how people tend to look at mothers. Oh, you've achieved the thing that you were biologically meant to. Oh my gosh. I, if I had more time, I would go back through all the episodes of this podcast, which is like 1500 or something, and find all the parents, all the moms who said, I write when my kid naps or after I had kids. I mean, I feel like there must be at least a thousand authors who are moms who have figured it out, whether it's Wendy Walker, who is like writing in her minivan or, you know, everybody has different ways or staying up late at night, or there's this whole like hashtag 5am writing, whatever on Twitter. Uh, that's a lot of parents do. And yeah, not only does it not prevent you from writing, it gives you so much more material also to mine and use. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would have been able to write this novel if it wasn't for all of the circumstances colliding together, which was COVID lockdown, because I wrote it during the lockdowns. And also my daughter, I wasn't able to write um, or finish a book before she was born. And it was only after having her and being under those circumstances that I was able to write the novel, which I now feel like I was meant to write. Everything else was not working for me. Nothing was clicking. And then this clicked. It was obviously something clicked in my brain. And it it has to have been related to um, motherhood and having my child and being able to relate to an entire new community of people. Yes. yes. Um, can I read just one more thing from the first page? And I, I don't think I've ever like read a first page of a book before, but this one is... <laughs> it's hard to read this first page and not want to do spend the rest of like the day in bed with this book. Okay. The house smelled of porridge, detergent, and soiled nappies. A few years ago, it smelled of patchouli, filtered coffee, and black opium by Yves Saint Laurent. I hate him. I hate you and daddy and granny, and I hate him the most. Bella, you don't mean that. Reasoning with a four-year-old was a losing game, so Kira tried only half-heartedly. She had Finn the baby on her hip, swinging him gently. When he was even smaller and cried all the time, this was the only way she could stop him from turning purple. She preferred not holding him often and creating bad habits, but she found herself needing to hold him like a comforter against Bella. I do. I mean it. I hate him the most. Bella pointed at her brother's unperturbed face. So what do you want me to do about it? Kira was staring at the hillock of congealed tea bags where they'd stained and discolored the marble countertop. It was a few days since she'd bothered using a dish to discard them or giving the counter a wipe. I'm going to cut off his hair. Kira turned to her daughter. She felt an itching desire to drag her out of the house and leave her in the front yard. <laughs> oh my God, I laughed out loud. itching desire. I mean, any mother who says that they've never felt that is... <laughs> <laughs> maybe a bit delusional I don't know I feel like we've all any any mother I've spoken to has said that they've had moments they've all had moments oh my gosh so funny well even just even just allowing other parents to sort of laugh at that you know the, yeah. the, so it's so funny cool fact 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time by the way i am also obsessed with the cover of this book were you so excited when you saw it was it the first one you saw yeah for those listening it's a picture of sort of bubbly water it's called dirty laundry as i said and then there's like a house underneath a splash it's so perfect dark color oh it's just so perfect i love when i see thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay wait go back to struggling to find your right voice in novel writing and like what were some of the other attempts like were they the same voice? Like, I feel like you have such a distinct, funny voice that you use in the book. Were you indulging in that? Were you trying other genres? Like, what did you do beforehand? Oh, completely different genres. Um, I was a student of English literature and, um, you know, so the serious sort of great Indian novel was what I was aiming for for years. Um, that's what I was reading. That's what I'd studied. That's what I suppose I was made to believe is what is good literature. You know, I'd immerse myself in that. And several attempts, I'd say I have about six unfinished literary novels in my um, drawer there that I'm not, not <laughs> going to pick up. But what I was reading in my spare time were domestic thrillers. And that's what I love to watch on TV as well. That's what grabs my attention. But I just didn't think that that was a book I could write. And I think that is partly not only because I was studying it, but also there aren't many 
Indian thriller writers that are internationally published, at least. And I wasn't seeing a lot of Indian authors on domestic thriller bookshelves. You don't see them on TV much in that genre as well. So I, I suppose I had my blinders on for ages. And then during the lockdown, something changed. I think this, the ending of the book, which is also the beginning of Dirty Laundry, it came to me like I'd seen it somewhere in a movie. So um, I knew I had to write it down. So I wrote down that scene and then I worked backwards mm. and created the characters. Um, and that just clicked. I felt like I'd found my voice. I'd found the genre that I should be writing in. It just all fell into place. <laughs> That's amazing. And th- and what happened after that? You got an agent quickly and then it sold right oh, away. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wrote the book very quickly because I was working on a sort of deadline in the sense that I was also freelance writing on the side. Our daughter was born. We were in lockdown. I had very little time to work on this book. So I'd given myself two months and I'd said, if I don't finish the book and if it doesn't look decent in two months, I'm abandoning this because I don't have any time to spare on writing a book anymore. So, yeah, I I finished the book in eight weeks. I don't know how I did it. I don't think I'd be able to do it again. (laughs) And um, yeah, before I could change my mind, I sent the manuscript out unedited, I should add, because I didn't even give myself time to work on it and edit it at all. And I sent it off to a couple of agents. Um, Within days, I heard back from some of the top agents, the agents that I'd been wanting to work with for years. And I still couldn't believe it. I was still pinching myself. I spoke to these agents very quickly. And within days, my agent, Marianne Gunn O'Connor, she's an Irish agent, and she she was on the call uh, with Penguin in the UK and in the US, so Ballantyne in the US and Viking, they're both imprints of Random House. Yeah, so I'd say within 10 days of having finished the novel, I had book deals and it still brings chills to me every time I think about it because it just felt like for 10 years, this is something that I was trying to do. (laughs) And it happened in less than three months, which is, yeah. That's crazy. That is like the most meteoric success, (laughs) even, you know, slow and steady, followed by, you know, shooting star. That's amazing. (laughs) And then when did you find out it was going to be a GMA book club pick? A couple of months ago. And I've had to keep it a secret from literally everybody. So other than the publishers and my agent, yeah, and my husband, because we had to make plans for uh, traveling to New York, nobody else knew. And it's been the biggest secret that I've had to keep hidden from everybody and everyone kept asking me oh so you're going to New York and I've had to say yeah just for book signings but I've had this big thing like the biggest thing oh my gosh <laughs> my career happening to me and I've had to keep it a secret it's, it's just been a dream like a literal dream I st- I'm back now and I feel like oh that didn't happen that last week <laughs> <is> not- <laughs> Except the jet lag, that's a reminder. But <laughs> <laughs> are you worried you can't do it again, or have you already written another novel? Like, I feel like I would be worried. Like, well, what if that? What if lightning only struck once? Yeah, you know, starting off uh, with a debut novel and then starting off like this, it's obviously you know set standards and expectations. Thankfully, I've had two years to work on the second book because the book was push forward because of the COVID thing. So I've had two years to work on the second one. So the second one is nearly finished now. And I've had 
an idea for the third one, which is a bit different from <laughs> the first two. So I'm really excited about that. So yeah, I mean, I feel like some floodgates have opened somewhere <laughs> and I've struggled for 10 years. And now all of a sudden I have all of these ideas and it's all going great. Oh my gosh. I Well, that is so <laughs> inspiring because I know there are so many people out there who feel like the tides will never turn. And if it's been this long, then that means that it can't change on a dime, but that doesn't, it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. I feel like you um, find the right idea and the right moment and the right passion for an idea and they all come together and yeah. And it happens. It just happens. How is your daughter behaving these days? <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Thank- she sleeps at night. <laughs> She can fend for herself a little bit. So no, and you know she she goes to preschool now, so that's just made such a difference in my life. I have a couple of hours to myself. I don't have to rely on my husband coming home to be able to work. You know, um, so it's made a huge difference. And she's having a ball. She was in New York for a week. She <laughs> she went to all the playgrounds. She checked out the playgrounds in New York and had pizza. So she's having a great oh, time. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I wish we had had this scheduled before. We could have hung out in New York and, uh, you know. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I've survived having four kids here and I've been to many a playground. At this point, I'm like, I'm just not going. I'm just not going. I, it was like a beautiful day yesterday. And I'm like, which parent could take my kids to the park with them? <laughs> I'm going to I'm glad you're at that stage where you can do that because... Yeah, I still have to be there for most of her play days, which is, yeah. 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 I'm waiting for the time when I can just hand her off to other people. Yeah, that's a nice day. <laughs> that's very nice. And then even with my older kids, at least my son, like he just, one day he was just like, all right, I'm going to go to like meet someone on 86th Street. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, okay, so I guess that's how it happens in life. Like <laughs> we didn't have wow. a conversation. It was just oh. so obvious. It's just so obvious one day that that was, of course he could do that. You know, so I I don't know. I'm like all this freeing. Yeah, I think parents of young children need to hear this more because it just seems like such an unachievable dream right now, what you're describing. And I still have like an eight, nine-year-old and I still have moments like described in the book, you know, where I'm just like, seriously, like I'm going to like take a deep breath and I can't believe this is happening. But yeah, but then I have encouragement from my older kids where I see like, yeah, oh gosh, like, yeah, you, you like, know what, what potentially it works into. So that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But it is hard to believe when you're in the throes of it. But uh, yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> and then you have moments of recognition and escape with great books like this where you're like, oh, you know, it gives you like the fuel to keep going. You know, like even through the hardest times when like just you can laugh at something that. Yes. Uh, that is going on and you know. and relief that you don't know these people in real life. <laughs> I, I find know. a lot of people telling me that that we loved your book and I'm so glad I don't know anyone in this book like that. Well, I mean there it's there are bits and pieces of everybody. You know, like you can find like you said about you and your character, like there are bits and pieces of of people in each of them who I could sort of recognize. Yeah. You know, there are all these mom tropes and so yeah. <laughs> but I uh, it all works out <laughs> and then sometimes it works out really well like for you so there you go <laughs> do you have any advice for aspiring authors two pieces of advice one would be to just keep going like I did I know it seems like a long road and I've had many moments of just giving up um 
10 to 12 years, it's been that long for me of just kind of keep going. And my second piece of advice would be get yourself an agent. I think that's a mistake a lot of aspiring writers make, trying to do it yourself. And someone told me this about three years ago, and that's been the best decision I've made. Just leave all of the other stuff to someone else who has the experience and the knowledge. You do the writing. So... Yeah, like that. that is smart. Oh, the last thing I wanted to ask about is uh, your grandfather, who you thanked in the acknowledgments. Tell me about him. Oh, he was just the loveliest man. I feel like he, he passed away about six years ago. And if he was alive, he'd be the proudest. He'd be at every bookshop. He'd be handing me my pen to sign every uh, book. Um, He was an accountant, actually, by trade, because he never had the opportunity to become a writer himself. But I think I get my writing abilities from him. And um, after he passed away and we were clearing his belongings, we found all my school essays, all the scribbles and notes. He'd saved everything. Yeah. And it's just lovely. Even when I was about four or five, I had this habit and it's grown with me where I make up stories and chat to him about random, you know, dreams I'd had or make up things. And he always sat down and listened to them like they were actual stories. And I remember so vividly him telling everybody, this one's going to be a writer. And he was the first one who, you know, ingrained that in me. And I think I still carry that. And I can still hear his voice in my head going, that's an amazing story. (laughs) He was like the biggest cheerleader. Yeah, he'd be so proud. I've married an accountant, so I've kind of (laughs) made up for his, yeah, because he was always like, either you're an accountant or you're a writer. And I'm a writer now and married to an accountant. So I fulfilled all his dreams. (laughs) Oh, that is so wonderful. Well, I like to believe I have, I had a grandmother who was similarly proud and encouraging. And anytime she would call me, she'd be like, you know, you writing anything? What are you writing? What are you doing? You know? And she passed away a few years ago as well. And I wish she were here to, you know, I I have a novel coming out next year and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it would be so nice. But, um, I don't know. We do. Like you said, you carry it all with you, like all that encouragement and like, keep going. And like him, she was like, oh, I'm like, Aggie, why don't you write? She's like, I'm more of a letter to the editor type of writer. And she would like always sit and write her local like Dayton, Ohio newspaper and write letters to the editor all the time, like by hand and mail them in. It was so oh sweet. my gosh. I know. Yeah. Loveliest people. Yeah. It's, a, it's what you need as a child even. Like, you know, you just need that little bit of encouragement. Yeah. Someone to be just cheering you on. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you so much. This has been such a fun conversation. It's early in the morning here in New York, so this is a nice way to to start the day here. So thank you for this uh, international podcast. And and congratulations again on Dirty Laundry. Very exciting. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.
This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.